Hi, my name is Cesar Cavazos and welcome to Friction Law. I am joined by my co-host Rick Blaylock and we are here to bring you the best insights of UX, developer experience and how we experiment with the extraction of joy, struggles and other emotions when using technologies. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Friction Law. Today, we are going to do something a little bit different, and we hope you like it. As always, a few admin uh, messages. The first one is give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast on Spotify, Apple, or any other platforms. Let us know what do you like, what do you don't like. This is something different, so we hope you can give us some feedback around that. As always, our website is available at frictionlog.com. And before we move into one of our first topics, uh, we want to give thanks to uh, open source in the sense of it allows us to debug some things. We were working on updating some things in the website that included the RSS feed. And for some reason, one of the changes that we did was messing the icons of the RSS feed. And we both jump on figuring out what was going on. One of the RSS readers that we use is NetNewsWire, uh, which is awesome for Mac and iOS. And looking at their code, we were able to figure out how, uh, in this particular case, they look for that icon and therefore fix our own software. (laughs) So it was kind of nice to see that. And we want to give our thanks to the open source community and NetNewsWire in this case. All right. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that it's a Swift, it's an iOS application, and you actually found the way to fix the web app or the RSS feed <laughs> through an iOS application's open source code, code on GitHub. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> These days I can read Swift better than JavaScript, I think, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so it was... It was kind of nice. And I noticed the issue on the iOS app and then I jump into the the Mac app and then I jump into another one. I believe it was Reader and and then just trying to debug that. The source code, I believe, now shares both the Mac app and the iOS app. But yes, at the end of the day, they fixed our web app. We are not using any sort of plugins (laughs) to generate the RSS. We're generating it from our code. And at the end of the day, we translate the JSON to XML using a plugin. Uh, But other than that, it's us. That way we were able to figure out. Rick, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Happy to jump on another friction log. Although this this episode is going to be a little different, right? Which is interesting. Somebody needs to do a friction log on Epic versus Apple, though. (laughs) It's just like, like, I was thinking about that with the whole Epic... Uh, games and Apple thing. Like, how would you do a friction log on the Apple ecosystem? That would be a really interesting. Like, could you find a developer that has never done anything with Apple before and have him go through a friction log on like first time experience with Apple? That'd be really interesting because we're so like when we hear things from Epic and and Apple, we're we're so familiar with it. I think with the ecosystem that it, it'd be hard for us to do a a friction log on first time experience. You know let alone in-app purchase, give Apple 30% friction log. <laughs> yeah, I, I think somebody that can do it would be somebody out of college, getting into 
into the development world, the professional development world, and just doing the exercise. But at the same time, obviously out of college, you don't have the experience to really know what feels good as a developer or not, or uh, focus that much on UX. So it will, I think it will definitely be a team tackle where you have a guest in here and you guide them to like, you're going to do this. But then again, the Apple ecosystem is so big then where are you going to start? Like, are you going to do, like, I can do a friction lock maybe on Swift UI, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I know it and, and whatnot. So it has to be on bits and pieces. And I don't think we will ever finish covering it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely, though, a, a first time experience thing for a developer you could cover, but it, you wouldn't cover everything. It would just be getting up to speed on it. Have you been uh, paid attention to the Epic stuff last couple of weeks? I have, and I think that's that is a good topic for us because it affects us as developers. We have our opinions, and it's something that it doesn't seem to de-escalate. It, it keeps getting bigger, and I think we should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it does cause friction. It's a different kind of friction, though, than the kind of friction logs we're talking about, though. So what do you think about the whole thing? I, I've been following it, you know... Uh, I'll, uh, you know, here and there, I have opinions. I think I've followed enough to have an opinion about it to a degree, but you know, I'm not totally up to speed on like what the judges have ruled so far. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so let me give you a summary for you and for the rest of our audience here. There's a ton of uh, information out there. I am probably get something wrong, but I will try to give you a sense of what's going on. So Epic updated their iOS app. And then through a server trigger, uh, which is important, they didn't do it on the app. They enable... Fortnite is the app. Fortnite's the app. <laughs> yes, Fortnite is, is the app. And they enable their own payment system. Something that according to all the rules that Apple has put together on the App Store is forbidden. Why? Because uh, they say that it has a lot of security, the fact that you can use in-app purchases. We're going to get into some opinions on that. I think it's great for some markets. I don't want to deal with payments in other countries. So I think it's it's it has a reason to be there. Or it, it was a good reason when the App Store was launched. Now it is... It has changed. The whole ecosystem is different. And Epic goes ahead and... Through a server update, they enable in-app purchases that are outside of the Apple system. And also, they will give you a 20% discount. So Apple, for the ones that don't know, Apple takes 30% of any uh, sales of apps as well as in-app purchases, subscriptions and whatnot. I believe after year two of subscriptions, they go down to 15%. But other than that, it's a pretty flat rate. And... There is a video from Steve Jobs where he exposes the reasons why they charge that. And we're going to add it to the notes so you can take a look at it. Now, 20% discount means if you're going to spend 10 bucks on Fortnite now, if you go through Apple, it's going to be 10. If it, if you go through their system, it's going to be 8. And they say that that 10% difference is basically their own processing costs. So they're trying to make it fair. And they're basically saying it's the same money. You just don't need to pay Apple. Now, when this got activated, at some point, Apple, I guess the whole community uh, 
kind of like start tweeting about it or maybe Apple realized what happened and they uh, shut down the app. So people that have the app right now, they can keep using it, but no new purchases are allowed. And Epic was ready for this. I'm pretty sure they did a lot of preparation because a few hours later, they released this video called 1984 Night, which is a mock <laughs> of the original <laughs> Apple video. Uh, which we're and they put... did it like the next day, right? Or, or even the, maybe the same day. Like they it had was it ready hours to go. after. And, and again, this is a little bit of Apple history. I know we have web developers here. So in 1984, Apple released <laughs> a commercial, very famous, where they show IBM as the big brother and that they were the fresh new company, that it was going to break with all of that. And it's going to be awesome to be part of Apple. Now, Epic is making Apple look like the big brother and that it is they are the new the new Apple which of course Apple didn't like and overall Apple doesn't like when people go out uh, in public and complain about some of the app store decisions yeah public. it was blatant flagrant like they, <laughs> they they put it up there flagrantly break the TOS that all of us have to follow and then they come out with that video it was like whoa whoa they're going to war with Apple Hold on. <laughs> and we're talking about like hours, like it could be the next day or no, but hours after right. um, Epic files a lawsuit against Apple for a bunch of other things, including that it is basically not fair for Apple to be the only payment system and that they have some demands. You can read all about it. I don't have all the details on that, but basically they, they sue Apple on that. And now that's where the fight begins. It's funny, man. It's really funny. But what um, what I can't get over is you know to to like it's kind of funny being or fun being on the on the outside, kind of watching to a degree. But what's the argument for because the Steam store on the PC, and then you've got the consoles and stuff. They're charging money too for your game to be on their platform, and, and obviously Epic's paying it. Actually, Epic is a platform. They they, they take a cut. They started a, a store, a PC store last year, and a lot of guys were mad about it because it's like, oh, you're taking, you know, you got exclusives that you can only buy now on the Epic Game Store. You can't buy it on Steam or whatever. And so people are mad about that. So what's the what's the common like logic behind like it's okay to pay the consoles? Or it's okay for Epic to have a store that charges, I don't know what they charge, 20% or something, but it's not okay for iOS or Apple to do it. Like what's, what's the, have you read any arguments about that? I'm curious. So, and nothing from them exactly, but as you were saying, they released their own store. They want, part of the lawsuit is that they want Apple to allow them to have their own store within the iOS ecosystem. And let's not forget Android. So both Android and Apple block the Fortnite app. You can still install the Fortnite app outside of the Play Store from Android. But basically the rule is the same, 30%. And you broke the rule and now you are out. And they also um, sent a lawsuit to Google around this. And that's the whole thing, right? So they pay, or you as a game company, you will pay Nintendo or Sony for PlayStation or Microsoft for Xbox. You will pay them 
if you develop games and there is a commission that goes out to there. So, and if we're talking about consoles versus iPads or iPhones or Android devices, it's just hardware, right? It's a computer. One of them is dedicated. So the PlayStation and Xbox, they're dedicated for gaming. They're built for gaming. It's on a specific platform. iOS and Android, it's a more general purpose hardware and different than, than a personal computer, a PC, but it's still, it's it's the same the same pieces and bits. What is that, that makes- the, is that the argument though? Is the argument because Nintendo's only built for games then it's okay to charge 30% or whatever they charge because but like if it's a Mac because or an iOS is generic device so then they shouldn't charge that like what what's the logic there I have seen no logic on their argument other than than uh, what I'm saying it's it's like mm. I see both things and both are technology pieces that do something and you can play their games on it why is it different why you epic are willing to uh, pay Xbox and PlayStation, but not Apple and Google. Like, what's what's different in there? And I don't know. Apple, uh, as you would expect, you broke the contract that you. So every developer, when you go and uh, sign up for an Apple developer account, you agree to these rules and to a contract that respects these rules. So Apple now was saying, okay, you know what? We're also gonna revoke all your development credentials and certificates <laughs> because you're breaking it so now we're escalating to another level because it's not only fortnite epic also makes the unreal engine yeah, which like uh, all the triple a games are built on yeah mm-hmm. exactly so you have a ton more developers affected by this and and now it's it's escalating more there was a judge rolling that said that if I recall this correctly, Apple is not allowed to revoke those permissions because they don't want to, the judge doesn't want more people to get affected by this. They just want to focus mm-hmm. on the Fortnite app store in a purchases right. part of the lawsuit. If Apple revokes the developer certificate, then now a lot more people are being affected. And I believe everybody mm-hmm from like Microsoft, from Xbox and, and just well have stay away from the Fortnite thing, but they have supported Epic yeah. on the fact that the Unreal Engine, it's important to be on an Apple platform and that they they should continue to work on that. That makes sense. I mean, that, like that might make the most sense out of this whole thing. <laughs> and, and just today, I, John Gruber was reporting that Epic put another uh, statement saying that the new version of Fortnite, I believe is called Chapter 2 Season 4 or the version 14, will not be released on iOS and macOS on August 27, which means those platforms are going to be outdated. And since this is online gaming and it has to be kind of like in the same version, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye Fortnite. (laughs) Yeah. For iOS yeah. and Mac, anyway, yeah. So it, it, it's it's interesting because iOS, I get it. You cannot release updates because you you broke the contract. Apple is not approving any updates that you're doing. But the Mac version doesn't have to do anything with it. So alleged that the developers still have their own licenses at Epic, they could release an update on macOS. I think they're just trying to make a point. 
But yeah. that that is kind of like the short version with with a few mistakes out there. I, I wonder if like I'd be really curious to see how many people actually play Fortnite on a Mac. And it's like Epic's like looking for a reason to drop Mac because it's not that many people that play it. And so this is like a perfect opportunity to go to blame Apple for so I don't know. It's just a just a hunch. Your guess is as good as, good as mine. I don't think I can tell. Right. But it brings something interesting. Is these 30% worth paying for Apple as a developer? Mm-hmm. And obviously big yeah, companies right. think, uh, think that they shouldn't because this is not the... The first one that we see, uh, there was definitely Netflix has a special rule where you don't have to subscribe. Like you cannot subscribe on the iOS app, but then you can use it. And then we're like, hey.com with their email like service also went into a fight with Apple on that. And there is something that small companies or small business like hey.com, which is Basecamp, is they're mm-hmm. not liking it. But then there's the other side of things, which is small developers, indie developers, people like you and I, Rick. What do you think about this 30%? Is it worth it for you? Mm. Well, that's a good question. You know, the, the app I have, Fish Rules, we don't have in-app purchases or subscriptions, at least yet anyway. We monetize the user a different way. So we don't necessarily pay that. But yeah, that's it's an interesting question because they do handle the payments, the subscriptions. And I know like DHH was ranting on Twitter about he'd gladly pay, you know, he'd gladly handle that all himself so he could get 30%. But maybe for a small dev that doesn't want to build out that infrastructure or, or that, you know, that kind of stuff to handle subscriptions and renewals and payments and all that, maybe it's worth it. Yeah. It's an interesting question. The other thing to consider is it's a whole ecosystem where, there's discoverability uh, of your app. They can f- feature your app. And if you look at it from a marketing cost, if you get featured on the front page of Apple, I mean, that that's probably worth a 30% cut <laughs> if you get featured, though. Um, and yeah, there's but, no clear I, rule on how you can get featured. Well, th- there's a lot of... There, there's actually a really good podcast called... I think it's called App Masters. And... Uh, there's a lot of know-how on how to get Apple to notice you. And it's ASO is what it's called, App Store's search optimization or App Store optimization. And there's no clear rule per se, but it's kind of like saying there's a clear rule to in Google search. There's really not. There's guidelines and here's maybe how you get indexed and searched better and appear better in the rankings. But there's still like a fog of war, you know, where you don't quite know exactly what to do but you know the right behaviors that you should do and and there's there's that in the app store for sure i used to have an app around like busy uh busy places in mexico that i put it yeah i remember that yeah i i put it for sale and it was i think one dollar or a couple of bucks or something like that and to me the 30 percent at that point was like okay but i never actually um intended to make a living out of it it was more like a hobby and as a hobby it was great if i was mm. to put an app out there and try to support my family with it then 30 percent seems to be a little bit too mm. high especially because of the mechanics of how this commission gets spent yes it's payment processing yes there is a lot of like the apple ecosystem and to be fair I'm not 
willing, I would not put an app on a third-party app store, even if a judge oh, says, yeah. hey, no, no you way. can do it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I, do yeah, it. Yeah, 100%. I know you wouldn't. <laughs> I like the app store. I think a, probably a, like a 15 or 20% cut would be reasonable. I think 30 is a little bit too much, especially for how many developers and how many apps, the economics of it. I'm pretty sure Apple is not going to lose that much by doing that for the developers. And at the same time, if they were to keep it 30%, let me take a minute to complain about the painful system that it is behind the App Store. <laughs> yeah, take that 30% and make the stinking developer tools better, right? I agree. <laughs> I know. It took, what, like eight years to make Xcode what it is right now, and it's kind yeah. of better, and it's I can use it, but, man, it, it's not... It's not the best tool out there for sure. And, then, oh, and how big is the stinking download? It's like, what, 15 gigabytes or something or 12 gigabytes? I can't remember what it is. It's monstrous. But it's going to take yeah. more time to uncompress because it uses this format like XIP yeah. or something right, like that right. that has some security on it. And then don't get me started with certificates, device registration, provisioning profiles, configuration for push notifications. All of that is... For, for a company that created hmm. the iPhone as an experience for their end users, they can certainly do better with this and have all the security that they have. So right. if you're going to take 30% because you're going to make the whole ecosystem better, yeah, maybe. I'll buy it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I never, I never thought about it from that angle, but you're right. Um, if you're going to charge this premium... Make developers happy. <laughs> don't don't tick them off. Don't be every time. Oh, I got to make this update. I got to go do this stuff. And really, at the end of the day, what people are doing is they're building like Fastlane and some of these third party tools that are around the ecosystem. All it is is just a work around the really bad experience that they provide. But yeah, I, I never thought of it from, from that perspective. If you can charge me a premium, make it nice. I want to feel like it's premium. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying ten percent. Like out of that thirty percent. Uh, 10 goes for payment processing. The other five or 10 goes for the reviews, which are not that great. You can get an app rejected for no reason. And you can just come in back and say, oh yeah, we forgot to check that or something. Or it, it's not the best process, but it is there and it provides some help for us developers to even catch some bugs. So let's say five to 10%. Right. And the other 10%, I think it's worth if we had good tools to build on the platform, but we don't. So yeah, I'll go with like 20% and that seems to be fair to me with no third-party app stores and it will be good. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Fair enough. I do think the review process has gotten better. Like I submitted an app update for Fish Rules uh, a week ago now and uh, yeah, it, it was really fast. It was maybe a day. And, um, the, the build process that they have in the cloud caught a couple things that I needed to do. And I, it's definitely better than it, it was in the past. Yeah, I, it, it, it is fast. It used to be like five days and yeah. uh, as a mm -hmm. consultant, when I was doing apps for other companies, 
it was it was horrible to try to time it. Like uh, there was all these websites <laughs> and trying to make sure that it was ready for a release, as opposed to Android, that it was like you upload it in a few hours, it's up there. Um, yeah, the right. clients always wanted to know, like, oh, okay, so we're releasing today. I'm like, no, we're submitting today, and then Apple is going to take like five days to review it, and we'll time that. And it, it's always fun to talk about that with somebody that doesn't know the ecosystem. Nowadays, it's like twenty four hours, as you said. Uh, and mm-hmm. even less for uh, updates. So that has gotten better. The quality of the reviews, the automated process, as you say, is good. But that quality, when somebody actually goes and tests the app, that has gotten a little bit uh, strange. Mm-hmm. And then there is also the WordPress app, I think was another thing that came up late last week, early this week, where Apple apparently was asking WordPress that. An app that doesn't offer any in-app purchases, they don't offer any uh, services or products in there. And they were asking to say, hey, you should implement in-app purchases because of, I think they link to some domain by uh, website. And Apple was like, yeah, we kind of like want that. Now, at this point, Apple has already apologize and send some PR saying that it was a mistake and that they are not asking them to do that. But with everything that it is going around yeah. since the beginning yeah. with Hey, Epic, and now this, it's like, right. what are you trying to do, Apple, with your developers? Right. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. It's, it's just a bad timing for them, for sure. <laughs> like the Hey app, right? That happened right before the WWDC conference where it's an event that now it's like worldwide and everybody knows about it because new iOS versions are or iPadOS are presented and they have public betas very, very soon. But it is an event built for the developers. And now you're having these PR nightmares going on before and after. That's that's not good for Apple, I'm sure. Yeah, I almost feel like, hey... It's just a feeling, but I almost feel like they did it on purpose. Like it was a marketing campaign. It was a brilliant marketing campaign. It's like, hey, we're going to get rejected by Apple on purpose so we can complain about it. And everybody talks about, hey, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if that's actually what went through their minds, but it certainly feels that way. <laughs> it feels like it's a brilliant marketing campaign. Actually, honestly, Epic is, I mean, right? They knew that was going to happen. They made that video and we're ready to go. So it definitely feels that way with Hey. <laughs> they're trying to make a point and they're using what's happening from other companies. I believe Epic and Hey are, I don't think they're working together, but they're like, it seems like. <laughs> I don't think so. They're trying to represent developers out there. And then you start hearing comments from developers that are having a hard time trying to make a living out of the App Store. And the App Store is this great place and you see the, the numbers that come out of how much Apple pays to developers, it's like mm-hmm. this insane amount of money. But at the same time, people are, are not making enough to just focus on that and build great apps, which at the end of the day is what everybody wants. It's great apps. If I do it, I want to earn some money out of it. If I use them, I want great apps because I am paying Apple for this. And that is that is right. a fair thing. But Along those lines, I want to ask you, I, I think you already have an experience with Apple in this case as the opposite of one of your apps that you built a long time ago. 
Now, you want to talk a little bit about Dragon Shout app? Oh, you mean like how? Yeah. Okay. So Dragon Shout app was an app I built just for fun on the side. Actually, I did it on a Thanksgiving night, believe it or not, in one night. It, there was an app or a game called Skyrim that was coming out. And so I built an app real quick that was like a map journal map thing. So it was the whole map of Skyrim. You could drop a journal marker, write a journal about what you did and your adventures. And then it was social so people could comment on it, follow you, and get your updates. And people, man, were writing these books. It was ridiculous how much role-playing people were doing in this this app. So I, I had around 250,000 users, and it was good. But ZeniMax, who's the parent company of Bethesda, the, the developer that made the, the game, they uh, uh, they sent a cease and desist because I was apparently violating their trademarks. I wasn't. But they sent it not to me. They sent it to Apple, and they demanded that it get removed from the App Store. And it's interesting. Apple actually, and this is back in 2012, 2013. I don't remember the year, um, something like that. Actually, Apple, this was the benefit of being on the App Store. I think Apple was like, well, we'll talk to the developer and we'll do some investigation. They didn't like rip it off the store right away. And they contacted me and I said, did they say what trademarks? And they go back and they went back to the lawyers, the the, the ZeniMax lawyers and never heard anything back. And I'm like, well, look, and I, I went through all the due diligence that we did to make sure we weren't violating any trademarks and stuff. And Apple's like, okay, then you're good to go. And um, nothing ever happened of it. So like from that perspective, that was really helpful for me. You know, Apple kind of was the middleman that kind of shielded me from this big giant, you know, gaming company, you know, from getting squashed. So, you know, there's the, there's that side of it too, that maybe you don't hear right now in the news. <laughs> yeah. It can be like, nobody's a hundred percent bad. It really depends on who's taking it. And I think we're trying to do it like any of our other studies, see it from the pros and cons and, and as an experiment of what's happening with the developers, what's happening with these big companies, I don't think Epic wants to do the battle for all the small developers that cannot make a living out of it. They want to do something and they want to make money them not paying Apple and they want to leverage Apple's ecosystem for that. They're not doing it because they're nice. I think Apple oh, is no. too big. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> they're definitely. Not. I mean, they're like they've been the bad guys. Not Apple. Epic Games have been the bad guys for the last couple of years in the gaming community. So it, it's definitely not like oh, the poor Epic Games is being taken advantage of by Apple. <laughs> I definitely don't get that vibe at all. <laughs> and Apple is too big now, and the App Store, the rules of the App Store have not changed in a long time. There, there have been some tweaks, but overall, I don't think those rules apply to what the Apple ecosystem is now. And maybe Apple should take a look at that. So it is kind of like uh it as you said it's interesting to see it and being from outside and know a little bit about the ecosystem and a little bit about epic's reputation with the game community and how it, it will unfolds uh we don't know but i'm sure uh they will keep showing all those public statements and and we will we will see soon right yeah yeah we'll see what happens it, i'm i still can't figure out is it going to be a benefit to all the other developers like whatever is going on i guess it just depends like maybe apple ends up reducing it a little bit just to be nice but 
on the flip side, they have to kind of defend their territory. You know, it's their, it's their devices, their ecosystem, their apps, their software, their rules. And if they just let Epic games go run with it, then everybody's going to challenge them. And then you're not defending your turf and you know, that's bad legally too. So I don't know. I think it's too early to, to know if it's going to be good or bad for us lowly developers. (laughs) And I think one Apple considers like watching Netflix and that dynamic content that comes from a server, something different yeah. than playing a game that it is streaming. As uh, some of you know, streaming games has become the new thing. And Xbox is launching their own service. I believe it's called xCloud. And Apple is not allowing that app to come into the App Store. And the reason why they do that is because they want to make sure that the content that it is available through the devices that they make. It is um, approved by them. And there are a lot of rules for gambling, for adult content, for Mm -hmm. a lot of things why Apple wants to have this ecosystem as tight as possible and also giving the opportunity to other people to make some money with their rules. But at the end of the day, make money. And I think that's valuable. I think that's something that we don't want to miss. And as I said having a third-party app for games, that means that you can have a third-party app, what, for gambling? And now your iOS devices are are becoming this this thing that, that brings uh, bad to the world. I want to say bad in, in a way because Apple believes as a core that they make our lives better with their devices. And that's what they're fighting for. And whether that is true or not, I don't know, but they do believe that and they say that on every keynote where they talk about their products and they're trying to make their ecosystem as good as they can with what they uh, think it's the best. But I don't know. We will see. Yeah, we shall see. Well, we might not be able to do a friction log of Epic versus Apple, but... (laughs) What if we make a friction log about hey.com and we bring it back into our, into our next episode? Are you up for the challenge, Rick? Yeah, let's do that one. Might as well. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And we will see you on our next episode. Well, that's all for today's episode of Friction Log. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, frictionlog.com. Adios, amigos. Adios.